This morning, we're reading from Luke 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Say together with me, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning, and I wanted to... Start out by saying, you know, our, this, the sermon title for this morning is A Wee Little Man. So I wanted to do a really quick poll. Has anybody ever sung Zacchaeus Was a Wee Little Man song? Okay, good. Um, I, I've stopped by a couple places and I asked that question and everybody's like, there's a song? Zacchaeus is a little... Okay. Um, the, and so this is a favorite song. I sang this growing up. A lot of you sang this growing up. And one of the things with this song is it gives us a certain picture of Zacchaeus. It gives us a certain picture of what Zacchaeus' problem is. He's a wee little man, right? That's the problem. Um, but as we look through our passage today, I want us to look to see what other problems Zacchaeus has had and what Jesus does to help solve those problems. Um, If you would, please pray with me now. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you that you are good and kind, and we thank you for Jesus and what he has come to do. We ask now that you will be with us, that you will help us to understand your word, and that you will use your word by your spirit to change us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the passage for today is Luke 19. But I'm going to pull a fast one on you. We're going to go back to Luke 18 really fast. So if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, you want to look at that. Um, Luke 18, 31 through 34, Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, we need to go to Jerusalem. We need to go to Jerusalem so that I can fulfill what was written about the Son of Man by the prophets and so that it will be accomplished For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. He will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. And so much like what we see with the the disciples. But they understood none of these things. Um, (laughs) So much of what Jesus told the disciples did not become clear to them until after Jesus rose from the dead and after they had been given the Spirit. And they're like, oh, this is what this meant. Um, And it says, this saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. 
Um, it's, it's coming close time for the Passover. He's on his way, and he's on his mission. He's going to finish what he's, he's set out to do. And on his way, he has to pass through Jericho. Uh, Jericho was a fairly important city. It had lots of rich people in it. Um, but on the way to Jericho, the people in town hear that Jesus, this great teacher, some people call him a prophet, and some people think maybe he's even more. The town collectively says, we will show honor to this great man, and we will go outside of the walls of the city, and we will welcome him. And so there's this large crowd that goes outside of Jericho to welcome Jesus as he's approaching. And as he's approaching, there's this blind man on the side of the road who's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd's like, shh. Basically, blind man, be quiet. I'm sure it wasn't quite that gentle. Um, but they don't want this blind man, Bartimaeus, to bring shame upon them as Jesus, this great teacher, is coming into their town. But the blind man yells all the more. Jesus stops, has Bartimaeus brought over to him, asks what he wants. He says, Lord, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus heals the blind man. This is a big deal, right? Um, I don't know how often you're walking around town, you see somebody who's blind, and all of a sudden, oh, I can see again. You know, this is, this is a big deal because, one, this is really hard to do. That's why they call it a miracle. And two, this sign, this miracle, is one of the things that we see in Isaiah that points to Jesus being the Messiah. The Messiah will restore sight to the blind. And so Jesus has gone out of the city. He has healed Bartimaeus, and then that's where we get to our first verse. It says, he, being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. Not only did the people of Jericho go outside of the city walls to welcome Jesus, they would have prepared a large feast. They would have been expecting Jesus to stay with them for the evening, to accept their hospitality, to enjoy some good times so that they could ask him some questions, so they can learn from him. And verse 1 says that Jesus is passing through. He's not stopping where he would normally stop. And you can begin to feel the disappointment of the people in Jericho as Jesus continues to walk through the town. What's going on? Why isn't Jesus stopping here right now for something to drink, to sit down and teach? What's going on? Which brings us to verse 2. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. Chief tax collector and was rich. Um, so now we're starting to see what could possibly be one of Zacchaeus' problems. Zacchaeus, in his um, presumably love of money, decided to work with the enemy. Zacchaeus is a traitor. He has contracted with the Romans to collect taxes from the people in Jericho. And not just the people in Jer he's not just like a tax collector 
in Jericho. He's the chief tax collector. That means he has other tax collectors working for him. And the way the tax, the way the tax system was work is Zacchaeus was put out this bid. He'd say, dear Roman government, I promise to, make, to send this much revenue to you. And they'd be like, great. Your job is to collect this revenue and your own salary and benefits. Needless to say, Zacchaeus has become a rich man. Because whatever that percentage of that might be considered a fair salary and benefits, he has exceeded that. So not only is he working with the Romans, collecting taxes for them, he's cheating his neighbors. He's a traitor. If you can think about those times in which you may have had um, a friend or a family member who has maybe betrayed a trust... And you feel that anger in your heart. Why did my friend betray this trust? I thought I could trust them. And now you've basically pulled the rug out from under me. And I'm angry. That's the whole town of Jericho. They are angry with Zacchaeus because he has cheated them. He has robbed them. And he has worked with their enemies. If you were to ask the people, if you were to ask the good people of Jericho, fair people of Jericho, who would be the least likely to enter the kingdom of heaven? They'd be like, hmm, Zacchaeus. And so verse 3 And he, Zacchaeus, was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was of small stature, because he was small of stature. Okay, there's the problem. Zacchaeus is a wee little man. Here's the problem. For whatever reason, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Had he heard that on the way into town, Jesus had healed this blind man? That's a big deal. That could be it. Had he heard of Jesus of his reputation before. Maybe. Is it possible that he heard that Jesus welcomed Levi, the tax collector, and even ate at his table? Maybe. We don't know. But for whatever reason, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was of small stature, he was a wee little man, he could not. Now, if Zacchaeus was a rich man, and respected in Jericho? No problem. As that crowd is going through the town, he could say, excuse me, excuse me, and people would kind of make a way for this rich, respected man to come go toward the front of the crowd so that he could see Jesus. Kind of like when um, parades now, and somehow all the children suddenly make it to the front. Zacchaeus, if he was respected, they would have made a way for him to see Jesus. But Zacchaeus was hated. He can't say, excuse me, and try to pass through the crowd because one, the crowd wasn't going to open up for him. And two, if they did, he has to watch his back because he might get a knife in it because he was so hated in Jericho. So in verse four, we see that Zacchaeus gets a plan. He's like, I know what I'll do. I want to see Jesus. I have a plan. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for Jesus was about to pass that way. 
This is a very interesting plan. Zacchaeus, who's already hated, already separated from the community of Jericho, already shunned, already considered shameful, already considered that there's no way that this man will enter the kingdom of, of heaven. Zacchaeus is like, what do I have to lose? I will run outside of the town because Jesus is heading that way. And for a grown man to run, that is so odd. Grown men don't run. I mean, grown men run now. But in this time, grown men don't run. Think you have to pick up the edge of your robe. If it's not battle, a life or death thing, why are you exposing your legs? That doesn't make any sense. And then he climbs into a sycamore tree. If grown men don't run, they certainly don't climb trees. That is for children. And if you're going to climb a tree, you might as well, like, take the place of a child in society. Exposing legs, climbing trees, what is going on here? It says it's a sycamore fig tree in the passage. A couple of nice things about sycamore fig tree. One, they wouldn't allow this tree inside the city walls. And so this has to be outside on the road to Jerusalem. Second, it has low, strong branches. Great for grown men to climb them especially those who are short, because they're low branches. Um, So Zacchaeus is up in this tree. And he's in the tree. And the other benefit of these sycamore trees, dense leaves, big leaves, it's almost like you could hide. So in effect... Zacchaeus is up in a tree trying to see Jesus while trying to hide at the same time. Because he understands that he's hated in town. He understands that he is considered dishonorable. And so Zacchaeus is trying to hide in the tree. Um, And this might be especially for children, but adults, you may remember this as well. Do you ever remember a time when you wanted to hide And they're like, if I close my eyes, they won't be able to see me. That's kind of like this with Zacchaeus. He's like, it's going to be really hard for me to see Jesus as he's passing through. Maybe nobody else will see me either. Verse 5, Jesus gets to the place. This means that Jesus has already left Jericho. Jesus has passed through Jericho. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's outside the city walls. And he looks up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from a stay at your house today. <laughs> this is when like all the surprises start to happen, right? One, Zacchaeus is like, oh, he can see me. And then the people are like, so the people, the people of Jericho, not only did they go outside of the city walls to welcome Jesus, but they would go with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem a ways too, to show him honor. And so they're also with him. And so as they're standing here, they see Jesus look up and they say, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I'm going to stay at your house today. The people in Jericho are like, hmm, we went outside the city walls to welcome him. We had prepared a large feast and we're the good people in town. Jesus said, no, thank you. I'm going to reject your hospitality. He continued on his way. Then he gets to this tree on the way to Jerusalem and he's like, oh, Zacchaeus, 
chief tax collector, a rich man who has cheated and robbed people. Please come down because I need to stay at your house today. The people in Jericho are like, hmm, something seems wrong here. He's rejecting our hospitality, and he wants to stay at the house of Zacchaeus? Just doesn't seem right. Just doesn't seem right. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received Jesus joyfully. There's something about Jesus looking up, seeing Zacchaeus, finding him, that Zacchaeus hurries and come down, and he received him joyfully. From where before Zacchaeus was trying to hide because of the shame and because of the hatred, now he's coming down out of the tree joyfully. Um, so there's something going on here. Maybe part of it is he realized that he was trapped in the tree and the crowd was beneath him, angry. Maybe it was because this great teacher decided to say, hey, I want to stay at your place. Please come down. But then we get to verse 7. When they saw it, this is like the they, whoever they are. This they is the people of Jericho who had tried to welcome Jesus. When they see this, when the people of Jericho see this, they grumble. They're angry. Um, and they're saying, Jesus has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Good, holy religious people aren't supposed to stay in the house of this chief tax collector who we've all decided already is least likely to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the same man who's cheating us, stealing us, and um, working with the Romans, preventing the kingdom of heaven, and now Jesus is going to stay in his place. They're grumbling. By Jesus saying, hey, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because I need to stay at your house today. What Jesus is doing is he's taking the anger and the hatred and even the shame of Zacchaeus from him, and he's actually turning it upon himself. Because now Jesus is identifying with Zacchaeus. And now the crowd is angry with Jesus. I like, to, I like to think of a little, like, almost scene break between verse 7 and 8. So if you imagine that was out by the tree, and then we get to verse 8, all of a sudden we're in Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus, even though this is his house, um, there's going to be this, there's going to be this, because he's rich. <laughs> Zacchaeus is a rich man. There's going to be this big banqueting area. It's going to be this large courtyard. And not only are there going to be Zacchaeus and Jesus and probably the disciples and some other dignitaries around the table, but there's also going to be this large courtyard where other people can be able to sit around it. Granted, I'm sure a lot of the really religious, good people of Jericho probably wouldn't enter this house because this is Zacchaeus' house. But they'll, be here, but they'll be listening to see what happens. 
But Zacchaeus suddenly realizes, hey, even though I didn't like organize this party, I'm kind of the host all of a sudden. And so Zacchaeus realizes it's his time to speak. It's his time to make a speech. And so he stands up and he says to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. That's a big statement. Remember, Zacchaeus is a rich man. He got most of his wealth by cheating the people in town. So he has said, half of my goods I will give to the poor. And then, if I have cheated anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. Like in Leviticus, when it says, hey, if you steal from somebody and then you realize it and you want to make restitution and make things right, you have to return what you took plus a fifth, 20%. Zacchaeus is like, I'm willing to give it away 400%. So those of you who like math, you're like, okay, 50% he's already given away to the poor. And now if 12.5% of his goods he cheated, he's broke. Zacchaeus is basically saying, I'm willing to give up all this money because of the Lord. Jesus worked in this man's heart. The same man who was willing to work with the Romans because he wanted to be rich is now giving it all away. And especially if you think about in uh, Luke 18, there's the, you get this scene where this rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And he's like, hey, what do I need to enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus is like, keep the commands. He's like, oh, I've done that since my youth. He's like, one thing, give away all your possessions, come follow me. And if you remember, the rich young ruler went away sad because he had many possessions. He wasn't willing to give up his possessions to follow Jesus. And now here's Zacchaeus, the person that people had voted least likely to enter the kingdom of heaven, is giving up all of his possessions to follow Jesus. He's saying, I'm willing, I recognize that I have cheated people, and I'm willing to work to make it right. Jesus hears this and says to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. <laughs> Whereas before Jesus entered Jericho, the people were like, Zacchaeus, no chance. Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. He's calling him a man of faith. He's calling him a man who will enter the kingdom of God. That's a huge statement. Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus is in. Nobody else would think that he's in, but Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus is in. He is a son of Abraham. And then we get verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus is the son of Abraham, not because all of a sudden Zacchaeus was like, I've worked really hard and I made it happen. Zacchaeus isn't all of a sudden the son of Abraham 
because he's given this all away. No, Zacchaeus is now a son of Abraham because the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus intentionally went through Jericho, intentionally looked up in that tree and found Zacchaeus. Remember, Zacchaeus was trying to hide in the tree. Zacchaeus was hoping nobody would see him. But Jesus looks up and Jesus tells him, Zacchaeus, I see you. I must stay at your house. We have to have fellowship. I must stay at your house today. Jesus was searching for Zacchaeus and Jesus found him. In entering Jericho, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And as dramatic as the scene is here in Jericho, things get even more dramatic in Jerusalem. Because in Jerusalem, Jesus is going to complete, he's going to fulfill the mission that God had given to him. And remember what it said in Luke 18, 31 through 34. He'll be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be beaten. He'll be flogged. He will be spit upon. And they will kill him. Jesus, in passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that he was going to lay down his life in Jerusalem. Because it is part of what Jesus came to do. Because he came to seek, and to save. And so in Jerusalem, Jesus takes upon himself the guilt of all those who are trusting in him. He takes upon the guilt of his people. So for Zacchaeus, all that cheating, all that wrongdoing, he's taking that upon himself. He's taking all of the shame upon himself. Whereas where people um, often try to hide, hide from God, hide from other people, Jesus is going to Jerusalem not to hide, but to be lifted up. He will be exposed. And when I say exposed, like he will be shown among the crowds naked, Upon a cross. So he will, he will feel that shame. And Jesus is taking this guilt. He's taking this shame. He's taking this, this feeling of weakness. He's taking it upon himself. So for his people, he gives righteousness. He gives that perfect record. Whereas shame, he takes that shame and he gives a place in the family of God. He gives fellowship. He gives communion. He gives welcome. He's saying, though you may feel worthless, though you may feel like you want to hide from everyone else, Jesus is saying, I see you and I welcome you to myself. Come. And he takes weakness and he gives strength 
in power. This is what Jesus has done for you. He's taken your sin and your wickedness. He has taken your shame and those feelings of worthlessness. He has taken your weakness. He's saying, come to me. There is welcome. There is righteousness. There is a place in the family of God for you. And so this morning, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, Jesus is saying, I see you and I welcome you. Um, You may have to think through what Jesus has done. You might need to talk to Paul. You might need to talk with others. Hey, what is this about? And that's okay. But know that Jesus has done this. He has died for you. He removes sin and shame for you. If you consider yourself one who is following Jesus, this is a time where we can find rest. Rest in what Jesus has done. Jesus has paid the price. He has opened up the inner circle. He has given a place for you so that you can come, you can rest, you can be joyful and glad at the welcome that he has given you. And even as we come to the Lord's table later, this is going to be a picture of the feast to come. Feasting is one of those beautiful things where people can come around, they can enjoy fellowship with one another, they can enjoy food and drink, they can have those earthly necessities satisfied. But those things are pictures of the great feast in heaven reserved for you. And Jesus also and Jesus, we also see how Jesus works in hearts. Whereas Zacchaeus before was like, oh, I love money so much. I want to take it. I'm willing to be hated for the money. We see that in Jesus working in Zacchaeus' heart, Jesus was like, I have found something better, something greater, and I'm willing to give away all that money that I worked so hard and cheated so hard for. I'm willing to give it away. And I'm willing to lay aside that greed. And Jesus is saying now, something better. Jesus is saying, me, Jesus, I am better. You can lay aside greed. You can lay aside whatever sin is entangling you, and you can struggle against that. Because Jesus has set you free. And he gives you rest in his family. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks for Jesus and what he has done. That he took our sin and shame and that uh, he took those, that he gives righteousness and honor, and that not only did he die taking these things, but that he rose from the dead on the third day. Proof 
that he is who he said he is and that he is powerful and that he can do this even now. We thank you for our Lord Jesus. We thank you for his work. We thank you that he has come to seek and to save. And we ask now that you will help us uh, to humbly walk with him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.